Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, Reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If your loved one is at risk of a fall, the Symphony Medical Alert System from CVS Health can help support their safety in their home with 24-7 emergency monitoring, even when you can't be there. Terms and conditions apply. Learn more about Symphony at cvs.com symphony or find it at your nearest CVS Health Hub. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. And Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Naveau and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here I Chicago! Woo! Welcome into a pain medication-fueled edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Naveau from NBC5 Chicago. With me, as always, is the one... The only, the well-bearded, the well-respected, Jay Zawoski. Jay, hey. how you doing today, buddy? It is good. It's hot, so I'm very happy to be in my basement, where it is about 65 degrees. The floors are ice cold. It's just glorious. <laughs> it's wonderful down here. Unfortunately, I'm in a third-floor apartment, so I don't get that uh, I don't get that luxury. I have to sit in front of the AC all day and really kind of soak up the cold in that way i would say in our house there's a 20 degree increase every floor you go to like <laughs> that's how it feels like okay i just went up from the basement to the main floor it, it's a little warmer up here and then we go upstairs to the bedrooms and it's like oh my god the penthouse on the fifth floor is really really hot this time of year <laughs> yeah except yes you've seen my luxurious <laughs> home yes your, your uh, palatial estate it depends yeah. on which suite you're referring to but yes they're both uh, very warm Anyway, yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, here we are doing our weekly podcast. We're in the middle of the Stanley Cup final, and uh, I guess I have to say, if we want to start there, that I'm a little bit surprised um, that it's Nashville trailing in the series. And it's kind of the, 
Hawks fans are familiar with this, kind of the randomness factor where you feel like you've really outplayed a team for an entire series, but here you are sort of looking up uh, and trailing uh, with two games to go here. Uh, man, I still think Nashville's better. I still think they can win it, but they're they're in not in great shape right now. So they're going to have to win a game in Pittsburgh, uh, which is not an ideal situation. But, um, look, I still think they've been overall the better team. Uh, Pecorine at home has obviously been a different guy than he's been on the road. But, oh, man. man they, yeah. It, it's, it's frustrating. It's got to be frustrating for the Predators uh, to play as well as they have and to still be trailing in the series. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy watching Pecorine kind of go wildly between being, you know, a world beater, can't be, you know, contained at home, but then he goes on the road and lays th- really three eggs. It's been absolutely crazy watching him play. And the difference between the way he's played at Bridgestone and the way he's played in Pittsburgh, I just... It's hard for me to believe it's the same guy that's in that, really. Yeah. It, 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 it's funny, you know, and he was a guy that a lot of people had sort of written off over the last couple of years, and I'm sort of among them. Like, I thought he was a pretty... He's a good quarterback. Quarterback. He's a good goalie, <laughs> but um, but he's not... I don't think he was kind of a franchise guy anymore. He was for the early part of his years in Nashville, for sure, uh, but then during these playoffs, he was sort of what was carrying him to the cup final, and it's weird to see him... Maybe he ran out of gas. Who knows? But he has been not great in those games in Pittsburgh. And I don't know if you can chalk it up to, you know, I think a lot of people try to look at like, oh, well, like the the fans are too loud and blah, blah, blah. And that's distracting him. I don't know if it's anything like that. I think it's just, um, you know, Pittsburgh has been a different team at home, too. They've been better at home. They haven't been great either place, but they've been better at home. Uh, game five, obviously, they were outstanding. Um, I, I picked the, the Predators to win the Cup, as we've mentioned several times, uh, and thank you for that. Um, and I'm going to stick with it, but they are they're in behind the eight ball right now. So Rene is going to have to stand on his head in, in probably that game seven if it happens. And, uh, boy, I, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I really am. I think this has been a great series. I know none of the games have been close, but the hockey has been really good, you know? I would agree with that, yeah. Um, I, I definitely think it's been a clinic about how good Sidney Crosby is. It's been a clinic about what a good coach uh, Sullivan is for the Penguins. And it, it's had a lot of really interesting subplots and elements to it. And I've really I've enjoyed the hockey. I've definitely enjoyed the atmosphere in Nashville. And Pittsburgh being able to go into their home rink and dominate the way that they have. I know it can be kind of boring watching a blowout every single game. It's still been entertaining to me. Yeah. I mean, because if you're going to compare it to the NBA Finals, which are going on simultaneously, um, there's been some blowout games there too, but it just hasn't felt, I don't know, the same excitement. It feels like, doesn't feel like with the NBA, all the all the excitement is like kind of not about the game itself. It's all kind of, we talked about this last week a little bit too. Like it's all about the, uh, you know, LeBron and, and Kevin Durant, like jawing at each other mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't seem like the game itself really – there have been quarters. There have been excellent quarters that have been like, damn, that was fantastic. But for the most part – Yeah, the first quarter of game four, holy crap. Yeah. That is that was some of the best basketball I have ever seen. Well, anyway, speaking of that, the you had the thing with P.K. Subban and uh, Sidney Crosby the other day, and you heard what our pal Mike Milbury said, right? Said that P.K. Subban had it coming to have his head uh, shoved on the ice God. time after time after yep. time. What did he do to have it coming? Let me know. Was it the jokes about the uh, bad breath that Sidney Crosby made himself that he was responding to? 
I don't. I, I don't. I'm not gonna do. I don't want to do a whole other Milbury show. I really don't. But, no, we, we've we've definitely said our piece about that guy. We've definitely uh, hit him with enough shoes over the years, but it's just so annoying. <laughs> it, it's hard to describe at this point, you know. Ugh. Yeah, he. It's just this is it. This is it. You know, you've got the the best thing that happened in the NHL all week was when Charles Barkley showed up and gave some analysis during the intermission. That like that was really the best thing to have. It was like, wow, look at this guy. He's actually has thoughts on the game. Like he was actually talking about players and games and things like that, as opposed to retribution and deserving it. And God, stop have, it. Have him and Jeremy Roenick go hunt some catfish. I'd rather watch that than Mike Mulvary do whatever it is that he does. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because have we reached the point now where Jeremy? This is what Jeremy Roenick is. Yeah, he's like the human interest story go do some goofy crap and we'll pay you for it because his analysis and he's good at he is it good. that's the stuff he's good at exactly yeah. um like it started off i remember him in like the winter classics talking to people in the stands that's fine hey is this section loud yeah okay cool great good job jr you know back in your cage um some <laughs> this, the catfish stuff the hot chicken thing that they did on snapchat yesterday pretty good that's the stuff i think it's sort of made for him he's not an analyst when they ask him to analyze, he just becomes a cliche machine, right? And mm-hmm. and it's tough. Broadcasting's not easy. I think a lot of people just think that, oh, I can go and just talk hockey. It's really easy. Well, it's it's really not. Well, we it's do not, it. Right. But it's but this is not easy. It's not interesting <laughs> to be compelling every week and to have a fresh thought every week. That is true. You know? It's not it's it's not. It's it's a hard thing to do. And for a guy who's never had practice in it, who like I've gotten better at it because I've been doing it for seventeen years. And I just sort of absorb, you know, my hosting on air is very limited, but just being around it, you absorb tricks. You you sort of notice little trends that good broadcasters have, and you try to adopt those or adapt those as best you can. But for Jeremy Roenick, who just came off the ice and was thrown in a booth, and we're going to see it with Tony Romo this year and with Jay Cutler this year in the NFL, it's difficult to go in there and actually add something of value. So um, he's, he's struggled with that. I thought he'd be a natural because he's always been opinionated. He's always been... Uh, you know, he would always say what was on his mind. He would never hold back. But it seems like since he's been given the suit and tie and the microphone that he's just sort of become this cliche bot. And uh, it's disappointing. But maybe now that he's willing to jump in a river and grab a catfish and eat a hot chicken sandwich, uh, maybe they have found their role for Jeremy Roenick as, like, the the likable goof who just uh, goes and humiliates himself for the good of the broadcast. It's the culture of the sport, man. It it, it it robs you of your personality, it feels like. You know, like it, 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 it you look at guys like Sidney Crosby, who very vanilla answers, doesn't really give you a lot of punch. I feel like it's just, that's the way hockey is, you know? Like that, that's kind of the vibe I get. And that's why I think so many of the guys that are doing the analysis are like that. Yeah, you're probably right because you look at, I mean, uh, Jonathan Taves spoke up last week about the environment. And everyone I know. freaked out. Man. Everyone freaked out. Like, dude, the guy's allowed to have an opinion outside of hockey. You know, I don't, and I don't think anyone got mad about it, but there was a lot of stick to, I followed the post on Instagram. It was a lot of like stick to sports, you know, win a face off and score a goal in the playoffs. Then we'll listen to you like that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and hockey players are hesitant because of that. To, to do that sort of thing. And it's always, you know, the other thing about hockey is you don't want to draw attention away from the team. Anytime a player sort of draws attention to themselves personally, it's sort of frowned upon. 
again, we go back to P.K. Subban. He he dances in warm-ups or he, uh, you know, carries the Listerine bag in with him, uh, you know, to to the pregame. Those are those things are people roll, are mad about in hockey. Think about that. With all the things that happen in the NBA and the NFL and the, and uh, and not baseball as much, but those two probably two most popular sports as far as like young people in social media go. The NFL, the NBA, that's good for the sport. And mm-hmm. and we have one star and Jonathan Taves who says, you know what, we got to take care of the planet. And all of a sudden he's this <laughs> outspoken moron. It's it's ridiculous, and and it hopefully all over the time, the, man. Yeah, hopefully over the years it it starts to change and, and mature. I feel like hockey's like fifteen years behind society, yeah, in terms of those sort of things. So hopefully he didn't, uh, he didn't really say anything that controversial either. I think no. that's the thing that really bothers me is that he opened up. It, he didn't really say anything like you know all that tree hugging ish. You know, it was more like, hey, we need to be aware of this, and everyone was like, oh, you're being political it was really weird and really dumb and i just everyone's reaction to it just really frustrated and it kind of annoyed me well that's you know that's the way things are now it's just you know everything has to be um black or white you either are right wing or left wing so if you're right wing there's no truth at all to climate change you know what i mean like it's it's if you're if you're left wing there's nothing absolutely nothing donald trump can do right you know what I mean? So it's 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 on both sides. I'm not. Everyone knows I'm a lefty. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. I'm as liberal as they come. So are you. But there have even been times where How Donald dare Trump you is out me. Is that I know, right? <laughs> well, SJWs, me and you. But I mean, there have been things I'll have to admit, like during his presidency, where Trump has said something totally innocuous. It's become a huge story. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know what he meant? Like, this is you know what I'm saying? Like, it's um you know not very often but there have been a few times where you've been like okay that was not worthy of the criticism it got 99 percent of the time it is but those one percent those one percent moments uh you know so it's on both sides but it, it sucks that like can't someone who you know voted for trump or is typically conservative say yeah it probably is a good idea to take care of the earth right i don't know it's, Look al- at me. it's almost like you're saying Jonathan Taves is playing the center role here. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, Just stop. Never, stop it. Never. You don't have a kid. You can't have dad jokes. <laughs> you see, that is where you're wrong. I'm over the age of 30. I can have whatever I want. All right. I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. All right we're going to take our first time out of the day. When we come back, we will start talking some hard Blackhawks hockey. There has been some news this week. If you follow me on Twitter, you're aware of it. We will update that as best we can in the next segment. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. It may be hot outside, but it's ice cold in the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Man, that is just, that's that's killer radio right there. I'm doing a good job with these transitions. <laughs> um, we're, <laughs> we're, yeah, I'm leaving that in. Screw it. Yeah, um, we are back. Uh, Jay and I have been talking about the Stanley Cup final, but now, it's why everybody comes to listen to us. We are going to talk Blackhawks trade rumors now. And best part of this is that Jay has some news, and he's been breaking it all weekend. Jay, tell the good people who may have missed your Twitter feed what the heck is going on with this team right now. Well, I do have some news. The news is if you want a great poor boy, you need to go to Marishka's Restaurant, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, just west of Route 53. I'm sorry, I forgot to do the read before the break. That's 815 all good, man. 
815-723-9371. I promise there is news on the other side of this. Family owned and operated at the same location since 1933. They've got the awesome steaks, burgers, the famous poor boy sandwich, all made in-house. Steaks, seafoods, chops, uh, the big giant onion rings, the awesome double-baked potatoes, the Icelandic cod. It's hand-cut on premises. That's James's favorite. It's outstanding. Uh, they've got a full carryout menu, a great bar loaded with the best craft beers you can imagine. If you have a banquet, you got a party, they can accommodate up to 110 people. So visit marishkas.com or check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash marishkas, M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. Open seven days a week and close only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So we want to thank Joe and everybody out at Marishkas. This week I tweeted from the Madhouse Pod Twitter account the Chicago's best segment with Marishka. So check that out. You get to see a, a young and chubby Joe <laughs> given the poor boy sandwich, and they show you how they make them. They don't give away the secret recipe or anything, but you get to go behind the scenes at Marishka's and see just how special it is. We've been telling you about them for years. Go there. You will be a happy person. Okay. So Friday night, right? I have my nights right Friday night. Yes, you do. Um, I caught wind of a trade rumor. Uh, so as I'm supposed to do in my job, I sort of followed up uh, with some of my with some of my better sources, and several of them confirmed to me that it's very likely that a core member of the Blackhawks will be dealt soon. Now, when James and I have talked about core members, we've sort of said Taves, Kane, Hosa, Keith, Seabrook, Jalmerson, Crawford. Right. Right. Now, you could argue that Artemi Panarin could be considered part of the core. Some people have sort of guessed that it might be Artem Anisimov. Um, I don't know if that's a core-type player. I was told it is definitely not Jonathan Taves. Okay? So cross him off your list when you're trying to connect your dots here. And listen, I'm being 100% honest here. I am telling you guys everything I know. I do not know the player. A lot of people have said, like, oh, I, you know... Tell me who it is off the record. Like, I, I truly don't know. I truly don't know. And if I did know, I would say it because it'd be cool for me to break that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I truly don't know. The other thing I was told is this deal will not help the team in the short term. Okay, so it's going to be, if, if I'm reading into that, it's going to be a salary dump or it's going to be a trading an a-, a current NHL asset for prospects and or picks. Um, there's no indication the trade is coming soon. I would think... If I'm guessing, a trade this big would probably want to be executed around the NHL draft. But again, I don't have any other info on that. The one thing I did not tweet that I feel is important to note here is that uh, the main source, my best source, the one who's helped me on most of the things that I've broken over my career, uh, said that he knows who it is, but he will not tell me out of respect to the player. Okay, so when you hear something like that, that tells me that it's someone that's been here for a long time, it's someone that's contributed to multiple championships, and it's someone that has a lot of respect in the locker room. So as as I'm doing the math here, and I'm trying to figure out who they could be talking about, right? Uh, there's two names I sort of land on. Maybe three. One is Brent Seabrook, one is Nicholas Jalmerson, and one is Marion Hosa. Mm-hmm. Those are the three that I could see. Now, again, it's not Jonathan Taves. I could not even begin to imagine a scenario in which they would trade Patrick Kane. 
Uh, Duncan Keith, sort of the same thing. I don't see how they trade Duncan Keith and are a shadow of the team they wanted to be and want to be and tried and to be. And really don't save that much money either. Exactly. So if I'm focusing on names, those are the three. Seabrook, Hosa, and Jalmerson. Again, I want to be clear. There's, I do not know who it is. I truly do not know. I would not lie about this. Again, if I knew, me breaking it would be great and I would look really cool, but I truly don't know who the player is. So I'm just speculating based on what I do know and based on what I've heard from multiple sources, those are sort of the three names I would kind of isolate on. And uh, I don't know what the return is. I don't know anything like that. Don't know the destination. Just know that it's very likely that a high-profile core member, that's a quote, core member of the team, uh, will be dealt here shortly. Well, let's let's kind of break it down here, why it would make sense to trade each of the three guys that you mentioned, because I think, I think you're right. I think it has to be one of those three, I would imagine. Now, Marion Hosa, why would it make sense to trade him? I did some research last night. He's still got a $5.2 million cap hit each of the next uh, four years, and... His real salary is only a million dollars a year. So right. a team trying to get to the salary cap floor needs a big cap hit but can't afford to outlay a lot of money, could look to get Marianosa. Now, there's a catch to that for the Hawks, the cap recapture thing. Yes. Every year that Marianosa has a higher cap hit than salary, the cap recapture penalty the Blackhawks would have to pay in order to make him go away, and it's a penalty that counts against your salary cap for the remainder of his contract whenever he decides to retire, that number goes down if they keep him. If they don't, they're no longer getting a benefit or a detriment from that deal. The cap recapture penalty is set, so losing control of that could be a really big deal to them. Yes, yeah, and here's the other thing to look at with Hosa. If you are a, and I said this on the air last night with Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks, who were nice enough to have me on the score with them, um, if you're a team that's rebuilding, or not rebuilding, but if you're like a young team on the rise and you're looking to add that extra piece, let's say like, oh, um, the 2010 Blackhawks, right? Marion Host is not the kind of guy at this point in his career that you bring in to put you over the top, right? I think... In 2010, like the Hawks did with Hosa, it made perfect sense. You knew the decline was coming, but you knew you still had three, four really, really solid years left with him. So if I'm a team like Toronto or like Edmonton, who's young, looking for some veteran leadership, I'm not sure Marion Hosa is the kind of guy I want to bring in. Not that he's a bad player, but it's not like he's a vocal leader. He's always been sort of a periphery guy in, in the locker room, just kind of keeps to himself quiet. Guy. Not a bad guy by any means, but he's not a vocal leader, the kind of guy that's going to come in and change the culture. A guy who is that is Brent Seabrook. That's the kind of guy. And when you look mm-hmm. at the way Hosa was brought in in 2010 by the Hawks, Seabrook, his best years are behind him. Absolutely. But he still probably has two, three years left of pretty good hockey. Would you say top four level defenseman hockey, right, for Brent Seabrook left for the, ne- for the next two, three yeah, years? For sure, yeah. He is the unquestioned vocal leader of the Blackhawks locker room. Jonathan Taves is the captain. Brent Seabrook is the guy that gets the team going, gets the team motivated. He is the voice in that locker room. So a team like Toronto, a team like Edmonton, or a team in a similar situation, and maybe Calgary would count uh, in that sort of category too, could look to bring in a guy like Brent Seabrook for that cap hit and for that purpose. I don't know. I don't think it's Hosa. I, I I don't know. It's it's really hard to speculate. And then Nicholas Jalmerson, 
that's the guy who's got the most value, right? That's the guy who mm -hmm. can probably bring in the biggest return. You probably wouldn't have to pick up any of his salary to deal him, but it also hurts the team incredibly. And you're also not saving that much money either. You're saving, what, $4 million? That's not... That's nothing, man. Yeah. Like, they, they need a lot more relief than that. That's that's why this is so hard to figure out. You know, and, and Brent Seabrook's... And the other thing, Jomerson has a limited no-movement clause. Seabrook has a full one. I believe Hosa has a full one, right? No, he doesn't. Oh, does he not have one at all? I don't... I don't think he does, Okay, no. I, I want to double-check on I that. Mean, I'll have yeah. to check on that, but I don't think he um, does. But, so, Jomerson, regardless, would be the easiest guy to move. I just think that... Man, if that's kind of the last guy I'm looking to trade, and I know you, a lot of people talked about it last year during the playoffs. Like, if you look at a guy who is, you know, sort of primed for a decline, it's Jalmerson because of the way he plays. That he's always blocking shots. That he's always playing those hard shifts against top competition. That his his assignments are typically the hardest, physically, mentally, everything. Uh, that's the guy that when he declines, it could be pretty drastic. When you look at his attributes, like you know, video game attributes like speed, uh, acceleration, things like that. He doesn't have great speed. He doesn't have a great shot. So when he does lose that step, it might show very, very hard on Nicholas Jalmerson. Even with that in mind, though, that's kind of the last guy I'm looking to move. I, I, I really, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I think that really, really hurts the team. And like you said, you're not saving that much money. Hosa does have a no-movement clause, by the way. I apologize. Okay. You were correct. I was wrong. That's all right. We're used to that. Uh, no, that's all right. I appreciate you looking it up while I was not looking it up, just sitting here twiddling my thumbs while you did all the work, as usual. That's how I roll, yeah. <laughs> uh, one other no <laughs> news item, too. Um, Marcus Kruger is as gone as gone can be before the deal is actually signed. Before he, I don't think anyone is surprised by yeah, that at all. It's, it's almost a um, uh, – it's almost it, – it's almost 100%. It's as 100% as it can be without it being 100%. How's that? Sounds good to me. Until it's official, it's not 100%, but it's it's pretty almost a certainty that he will be gone uh, before the season starts. And we talked about this, I think, two weeks ago, the whole Vegas TVR thing. I don't know if this bigger trade that's coming changes that. The conversation was maybe the Hawks would trade uh, Marcus Kruger to Vegas and say to Vegas, hey, if you take this off our hands, uh, we'll make sure TVR is exposed on the, at the expansion draft so you can get him too. Sort of a wink-wink, nudge-nudge, help us out and take the salary sort of a thing. Um, I don't know if this bigger deal changes that, but regardless, Marcus Kruger is as good as gone. So uh, you might want to relabel those number 16. Get your Eddie Olchek jerseys made. If you had a Marcus Kruger jersey, go get an Eddie Olchek or a Michelle Goulet number 16 jersey. Hey, where can you do that, Jay? Well, I'm glad you asked, James. Triple Threat Sports. Obviously, they're the best place in the area to get your NHL jerseys lettered. But did you know, you should know by now, they're also the best place to go if your team needs jerseys. Whether you're an elite travel, high school, or college program that needs to outfit hundreds of kids, or if you're a beer and pizza league team with 12 players, Triple Threat can put you in pro-quality jerseys at pricing you can afford. Triple Threat Sports can work with you on every aspect of the job, logo design, fitting, apparel for off-ice, you name it, and you don't have to be a hockey player to wear uniforms from Triple Threat. They can get uniforms and apparel for all sports, baseball, softball, football, lacrosse, and more. So for more info, call our pal Chris 
It's 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or email him for more info at chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. When we return from this break, James and I will fill you in on how you can enter to win NHL draft tickets courtesy of the Chicago Blackhawks, of James Naveau, of our friends at the Wrigleyville Nation podcast, and of course of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Stay tuned for that. We'll be right back on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been talking about the Blackhawks trade rumors, been talking about the Stanley Cup final, and now it is time to, for us to tell you how you can win NHL draft tickets. Jay, how can people get tickets from us to go to the NHL draft? All right, well, first and foremost, we need to help the people that contributed to this giveaway. That is first you, who is supplying a pair of your own to the NHL draft. Then the Chicago Blackhawks, who have donated uh, eight total tickets, so four pairs for uh, so it's two pair for for Friday, which is the first round, and uh, two pair for Sunday, the rest of the rounds. Um, so thank you to Adam Rogwin and all the folks at the Blackhawks for that, and our friends at the Wrigleyville Nation podcast who had some extra tickets they couldn't use and sent them over to us as well. Wrigleyville Nation is the podcast. Uh, that helped us sort of get off the ground. They gave us advice on how to start, where to start, things like that. So without them, we would not have a Madhouse podcast. So we thank them. Check them out on Patreon.com as well. Uh, help them out. It's a great Cubs podcast. The Cubs are pretty big these days. You may have noticed. Check out the Wrigleyville Nation podcast for an awesome, awesome podcast. All right, so here's the rules. And James and I sort of discussed how to do this and what to do. And we figured the best and most fair way to do it is to make this a Patreon donor only prize okay so that might sound unfair you might be pissed off and say oh that sucks i think that we should be eligible i understand that i understand why you would feel that way but uh for about a year and a half we've had a patreon site probably not even probably just about a year yeah we've had a patreon site and uh we have not really been able to thank the donors in any way since that started so um this is what we're going to do if you are a patreon donor to our site you have until uh saturday june 17th at 11:59 p.m to send an email to madhousepod at gmail.com that's madhousepod at gmail.com make the subject of your email draft ticket entry and make sure you include the best phone number to reach you and the contest keyword taco <laughs> oh Nice right. touch, man. <laughs> so the reason we're doing it this way is I don't want to pick all the patrons like just out of a hat and then call, say, you know, Bob Jones and say, Bob, you won. He's like, oh, well, I can't go. So we only want people that can go to the draft to enter this contest. Okay. That way we're making sure that we're not chasing down alternative winners when the first people turn it down. If you can go to the draft Friday the 23rd and or Saturday the 24th, let us know. If you can only go one of the days, let us know that too, and we'll only enter you in that one day's drawing. Okay, so make sure you put that note in there as well. If both Friday and Saturday don't work for you, let us know the day that does work, and we'll do our best to accommodate it. So again, send an email to madhousepod at gmail.com with draft ticket entry as your subject. Inside, include the best phone number to reach you and the contest keyword, TACO. And you will be entered to win draft tickets. We'll do the drawing 
that weekend. It'll be probably, uh, I'll do them on Sunday, the 18th, and uh, we'll get everybody entered. We'll get in touch with everybody, and we'll do it from there. So we're very excited to do this again. Thanks to the Hawks. Thanks to uh, Jeremy and our friends at the Wrigleyville Nation podcast. And, of course, to the very handsome James Naveau, who donated his own tickets uh, for the podcast. So we appreciate it. Not Patreon money, by the way. His own personal money. Own personal money, yeah. That's right. Real money. <laughs> the real stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we That's appreciate right. it. Uh, and so, again, yeah, make sure you enter to win that. I feel like we should say more about the trade rumors, but there's really not more to say. It's just at this point, we just kind of have to wait and see, um, you know, what's going to come. And it's, I'm telling you, it's it's exciting. It's stressful. It's like, oh, my God, what could happen? And you just start to go through all the scenarios in your head of what if it was Kane? What if it was Keith? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's kind of, it's harrowing. That's kind of the best word for it. Like, holy moly, what is going to happen? I thought you were so. going to make a comment about needing heroin when you're dealing with all this, and I was going to say, Jay, we don't condone drug use on this podcast. Oh, I do. <laughs> well, that is true. I mean, that's what the Patreon money goes towards. So, <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap up the normal portion of the show. When we come back, we will answer uh, all your listener emails and uh, wrap it things up. So, again, we'll assign – oh, and, of course, I forgot, almost forgot – the best email of the show wins a free breakfast to Chuck's Cafe and, of course, one of the hockey cards from my great collection of 90s hockey cards. So stick around for the email segment on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We have reached everyone's favorite portion of the show when we give away a hockey card and a free breakfast to Chuck's Southern Cafe. Jay, cue up that beautiful email music. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with two locations in Burbank, 6501 West 79th Street and in Darien, 8025 South Cass Avenue. Check out chuckscafe.com for locations and specials. The specials, I'm telling you, that's where it's at. Everything's great at Chuck's. But the specials are outstanding. My favorite special is a Saturday special, the Coach Anita Pabil, which is a uh, pork shoulder Meriden achiote cooked in banana leaves. It's just the best thing you've ever had in your whole entire life. And when I get the electric chair, that will be my meal of choice. <laughs> they also have fantastic jambalaya, the best they've ever had. Great barbecue nachos when I'm just feeling kind of basic. When I'm feeling like a basic bitch, mm-hmm. that's what I'll order, the barbecue nachos. They've got great Mexican barbecue and Cajun offerings. Like I said, the daily specials are always incredible. And there is truly someone, something for everyone at Chuck's Cafe. You will not go in there and be like, mm, this isn't for me. There is something for everyone. You like to drink? Sure you like to drink. Why the hell not? They've got a great beer bar with dozens of craft beers and an ever-rotating beer menu. They have a beer club. If you drink every beer, I think there's 120 beers they have there. If you drink them all... Uh, not in the same night, hopefully. But if you drink them all, you get your picture on a wall and some cool stuff. So try to do that. Some woman did it in two weeks. Pretty amazing. Uh, they also offer catering services, banquets, and more. They've appeared on Chicago's Best, Food Networks, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Pretty much any show you can think where someone travels to see a restaurant, they were on there. So visit Chuck'sCafe.com or follow them on Twitter at Chuck's Cafe. All right. Without further ado, the emails. Got an email here. 
from Nate in the Quad Cities area. That's very vague, Nate. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I know Scott Darling spoiled us by being a capable backup or fringe starter, but do you really think the Hawks are comfortable with Glass as your backup for next year? No. no. I would feel better if they could find a UFA like Anders Nielsen or Chad Johnson, just someone who has some kind of NHL experience, unless they think Corey can handle 65 to 70 games. Parentheses, woof. No, he cannot. No, and, he can't. And and I wouldn't expect him to. I definitely think the Blackhawks will go after somebody like Nielsen, like Johnson. I think those are two really good names. Maybe there will be another name pop up in uh, trade rumor that we haven't seen yet. Um, I saw Auntie Ranta might get traded to, I believe, Calgary. Hmm. They, they've been kicking the tires on him. So a trade could work here, too. I'm just saying they will get an NHL caliber backup. They will not go into the season with Jeff Glass in that role, there is just no, no, n- no way at all. There, the Blackhawks are 100% surging for a number two and a number three goalie, so they're looking to add two goalies this offseason. So, however that happens, um, I think a trade could be a possibility, but they know that they need help at goal. The answer is not Jeff Glass. I promise you that. Got an email here from Ken Bachelman. Says hello, gentlemen. For a series that's tight, with the exception of Game One. Games two through five have been blowouts. We talked about this earlier. There's been very little drama as the outcome of these games have been decided long before the final horn. The awful officiating that was seen in earlier rounds has been on display in this series too. Going in, I was expecting a great series, and this has been anything but. Do you guys recall a final series that won six or seven games where the individual games were kind of meh? 2011 with Boston and Vancouver come to mind as that series had a couple of blowouts. One more thing, these two games off... These two days off between games really grind my gears. End of rant. Ken Bachelman. See, I think the hockey's been pretty good. And you're right, Ken. Like th- like we said earlier, the outcomes have been established pretty early on. But they've done their job in staying sort of entertaining till the end. Maybe it's just because I love hockey so much that I can just watch any crap and just pr- kind of like it. <laughs> um, but yeah. I don't know. I-, I felt like, of course, it'd be great for every game to be a one-goal game and overtime and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of another one. That's like that. And that Boston-Vancouver series comes to mind. I think part of that, too, was sort of the bad taste in everybody's mouth after the way the Hawks went out in 2011. Um, I don't know. I'm struggling to think of anything that was sort of this lopsided, though. Yeah. Or, like, sort of this boring. Like, 2014 came to mind for me between the uh, Kings and Rangers. That was a really kind of a afterthought series because you just knew the Western Conference team was going to roll whoever came out of the East. So I think to me, that would be one that immediately came to mind. Okay. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's probably about right. It sounds right. That did seem like a foregone conclusion. Whoever won that final was going to win the cup. Yeah. Q. Hey, you stop <laughs> playing Brandon Bolig. Oh, I knew that was coming. <sighs> you triggered me. All right. <laughs> a short one here from Keith Schultz. Sorry. He says, Blake. <laughs> yeah. He, Keith says, What's your all-time favorite Blackhawks alternate jersey? Ooh. Ooh. All right, I like the most recent Winter Classic with the old-school uh, warrior head where the the, uh, the Native American looks a little more weathered, looks a little more tired, worn out. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Looks like an older-in-age-faced Native American. Um, I like that old-school-looking logo. So the most recent winner, the ones they wore against Washington, Washington, no, 
St. The Blues. Louis. The yeah. one, they all run together. The ones they were against the Blues, I like the best. 2009 Winter Classic against the Red Wings. I the think, original? Yep. I think I think that one is my favorite. Um, the barber pole that they wore during, I think it was the 94 season, were really good. You still see those all over the place, but I'm going with 09. We're going to get a ton of emails about the barber pole jerseys, and uh, I love those too. I absolutely love those. I just... I think they just sort of scream 90s when I see them. Yep. It's not even like a, they're not obviously not from the 90s, but I just associate them with that when I see it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm going to skip that one for now. Not the biggest fan of the barber pole. They're cool. I get it. I get why people like them. But uh, I'm going to go with the, like I said, this year's, was it this year? God, they all run together, man. It's crazy. The most recent Winter Classic jersey. I'm trying to find my computer charger if I sound distracted. It's okay. There we go. I thought I was plugged in and I was not, and I just got the, your battery is very low. Naughty boy. And we're plugged in. There we go. <laughs> All right. Michael Lev, a frequent emailer to our show, says, Laz, that's Mark Lazarus, tweeted a lot of noise around Jalmerson. A lot of noise around Jalmerson. If they move him... Is next year retool and develop talent year? Yes. If that happens, I personally believe they miss the playoffs. What do you think is likelihood of that? And if they do, playoff likelihood in your opinions? I'd be crushed since he's my favorite player in Chicago since Daze. Um, I agree with everything except the Daze part. Um, I Man, like I said, when we are sort of crunching the numbers here and doing the mental math, that's a name I kept coming back to is Nicholas Jalmerson. And man losing him would suck and i didn't see laz tweet about it today i've actually been out all morning um and then just sat down to do the podcast but there's another name that's another guy that's saying nicholas jalmerson so oh boy that i can't imagine that i guess i have to <laughs> you know but it's that really hurts the team and yeah it does become i think a developmental year i still think they'll make the playoffs without nicholas jalmerson but there's no way they win a cup without him no I, way. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't think they make it without him. They don't make the playoffs? I don't think so, no. Wow. All right, what about Seabrook? I think they can. It's just a matter of uh, how they use the money that they save by trading him. If they go out mm-hmm. in free agency or get another guy in a trade, a good defenseman, I still think they can. Jollerson, I just don't I don't see you saving enough money that you can go out and replace him adequately. I, I don't think they make the playoffs they trade him. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, and boy, I just, I can't, just, I just needs to happen. So I can stop thinking about it. It's all I think about. I was laying in bed last night like, all right, it could be Seabrook. Like, what teams would want him? And I'm just laying there at like 3 in the morning, like doing the math in my head. Go to bed! Go to bed and you'll find out eventually. Jay, you I, have I, a I wife. Just, you need to cut that out. I know. It's been driving me crazy. Like, ever since Friday night, I've been... It's really been kind of like obsessing my mind is like what's going to happen. Um, and you know me, I love trades. Like it's my favorite thing. Like trade deadline day is like a national holiday for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, and speaking of trades, we had a lot of reaction via email, via uh, Twitter at MadhousePod and everywhere about your trade proposal last week. You want to remind the kids what that was? Yeah, a lot of people uh, seem to think it was a straight-up deal. I'm going to qualify it and say that I still think the Blackhawks would need a little bit more, but I had brought up the idea of trading Artemi Panarin to Vegas for the number six overall pick in the draft this summer. The Blackhawks, I think, want to move up. They want to make a splash in their draft at their building. 
I think that could be a really interesting way to do it. And I get the sense that not a lot of people agreed with me. Um, I liked it. I thought it was a great idea. I actually fired Stan Bowman and named you new GM. <laughs> Um, our buddy Sean White, who is our scout expert, he is a scout for the Green Bay Gamblers, um, he chimed in to me and said, look, uh, the idea itself isn't bad, but there's no one that the Hawks are going to get at six that's going to be worth giving up our Tommy Panarin. So, so Sean fired me and rehired Stan Bowman. So I know it's your job to scout people and stuff, Sean, but you know what? Shut up. All right? Jay just wants the don't, drama, don't, man. That's what Don't you mess want. with my guy. Yeah. No, no. Don't mess with my oh, guy. God. <laughs> All right, he knows his stuff. He may have pulled it out of his ass, but it doesn't matter. It was genuine and sincere, and I liked it. So it's certainly wrong. I think it was at least interesting. <laughs> I think it was at least an interesting idea. At least interesting. We should put that as our uh, podcast description. I agree. It's at least interesting. All right, we're going to take one more quick timeout. When we come back, we will award the emailer of the show a hockey card. I've already pulled it, so to speak, and it's a good one. And award the same person a delicious breakfast, courtesy of Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe. Stick with us. One more segment to go on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We are back in the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, kind of wrapping up here, getting getting all feeling good before the end of our weekend. We are going to give away our breakfast and our hockey card. Jay, where's that breakfast to again? I forget. Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe, locations in Darien, just north of Cass Avenue, uh, uh, I'm sorry, just north of I-55 on Cass Avenue, and then in Burbank on 79th Street, just west of Narragansett. I think it's officially Natchez is the street, 79th and Natchez, but Narragansett is sort of the major street nearby. So it's literally a block or two west of Narragansett on 79th. So the winner will receive a delicious breakfast to Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe, either location and an upper deck Saku Koivu star rookie card. That's ah, pretty good. Isn't that the one you drew last week? No, that was Michael Pekka. Ah, yeah. You yeah. ass. Get it right. Yeah, but it was a rookie card. It, it threw me a little bit. It was. It was the uh, Michael Pekka rookie card. Yeah. But the winner this week brings home Saku Koivu upper deck rookie. Go. With this alternate jersey question, we have awarded Keith. The pre-breakfast. Congratulations to you, sir. Enjoy your breakfast. And I really enjoyed uh, thinking about which uh, of the 16 Winter Classic jerseys that I like the best. <laughs> which of the 4,000 Winter Classic jerseys do you prefer? All right, well, email us that. That's an assignment for the for the class. Which was your favorite Hawks alternate jersey of all time? Madhousepod at gmail.com. And, of course, you can always email us there uh, your questions for the podcast as well. Remember... Don't forget, enter at patreon.com slash madhousepod. You have to be a patron to win, but you have until the 17th to enter. And a patron that pledges $1 a month is qualified. Mm -hmm. So if you can afford a dollar a month, you can enter. So if you sign up by then, you'll be in the contest, ready to go. Addie is here and wants to say hello. Say hi. Hi. She's very mad we're not doing Addie's Fashion Corner this week. But I told her we'll save it until the Vegas Golden Knights debut their jerseys, and that will be her first segment back. I think that's an excellent idea. She's crying. (laughs) She's crying over it. You're such a mean guy. (laughs) I know. (laughs) All right, well, congratulations to Keith. You have an awesome breakfast and a pretty cool hockey card. Uh, So thank you for listening. Thank you for emailing. But, yeah, enter that, patreon.com slash madhousepod. Send the email to, and we will check if you're a patron. 
I know we're announcing this on the podcast. You can just follow the rules and enter, but we will check. I have a list of people that have donated, so I'll know if you're lying. So uh, sign up on Patreon, pledge a dollar, pledge five dollars, whatever you want to do, and we'll get you entered in that contest. The deadline to enter is June seventeenth at eleven fifty nine p.m. We'll draw that winner on the eighteenth. Send draft ticket entry as your subject and taco as your keyword include the best phone number to reach you and we'll get in touch if you win but again thank you for listening to the madhouse chicago hockey podcast which has been brought to you by our friends at triple threat sports for all of your team outfitting needs call chris at 708-478-6090 marishka's and crest hill family owned and operated since 1933 and chuck's southern comforts cafe with locations in burbank and darien Visit chuckscafe.com. James and I will talk to you later this week, hopefully with some big Hawks news to break down in a Stanley Cup final to put a bow on. Until then, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hey, we haven't even pulled away from the drive-thru and you're already digging in the McDonald's bag. Oh, <laughs> babe, just a few. <laughs> All right. I guess I can't blame you. Pass me some, too. (laughs) The smells too good to get it all the way home meal. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. And now your favorite spicy chicken McNuggets are back. Get a six-piece spicy or classic for just two bucks, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak. And the juice running down the side, got a little bit on the wrapper here. Mmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side, looking just so good. Mmm, mmm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel, too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mmm. I participate in McDonald's. Okay, let's say you're on vacation or out running errands and you want to see what's going on at home. Or you're at home and you want to see what your dog's getting up to downstairs. With self-protection from Xfinity, you can keep an eye on things no matter where you are with live and recorded video, all on your terms. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash self-protection. Restrictions apply. Residential customers only. Requires Xfinity Internet and compatible XFi gateway. Professional monitoring not included.